0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. In Acts chapter 9, I want to share this with you. Um, Acts chapter 9, Keith, stay stay where you are. Stay where you are. I had that sense that you were fading out on me. I reached back and just quickly grabbed you and said, Stay with me. Um, It's this uh, story in Acts. Chapter 9, and it's the story of Saul. You know Saul, Saul became Paul um, and wrote uh, so much of, of the New Testament. We, we as a church, often in my preaching, I'll often draw from, from um, verses that, that Paul wrote. Um, and, but how many know that Paul wasn't always Paul? There was a time when Paul was Saul. How many of you can remember when you were not Paul, you were Saul, <laughs> and you're glad that no one else knew you when you were Saul. And uh, and it says here, um, so so let me set it up. Saul is on on, on his uh, on his way um, to come against the the. the people of God. He's on his way to kill Christians. That's what he was out, out to do. And, and it says that he has this uh, encounter. Then he fell to the ground. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, as he journeyed, let's go from verse three. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, say suddenly, a light shone around him from heaven. A light shone around him from heaven. This is, this is a supernatural God encounter. Shone around him from heaven. Uh, then he fell to the ground. And he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is God speaking in an audible voice to Saul on the roadside. I mean, bro, this is this is an encounter with God. And he says, Why, why are you persecuting me? Then he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. In other words, it's, it's, it's hard for you to resist what I'm doing. You cannot come against what I'm doing. And in verse six, So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise. Say arise. arise. Say it like you're awake. Say arise. arise. And go into the city. And you will be told what you must do. Saul has this encounter with God where he is right in the middle of the presence of God, very similar to what we just encountered. And in that moment, Saul says to God, God, what do you want me to do? And God speaks to him and says, get up. Say, get up. up. He says, I don't want you to stay where you are. As much as it's great, listen, there is a shining light. I mean, bro, you would want to sit for a little bit, wouldn't you? God Himself, God Himself is speaking to Saul in an audible voice. This is a powerful moment. This, this, this is, this, you could sense, you could sense the Holy Spirit in this moment for Saul. But God says to him, Get up. Say get up. get up. God doesn't say to him, stay. This is nice. It doesn't, that, that, but that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because they're, they're, they're hanging out, they're kicking it. They're, God's there shining light. Saul, is having this encounter. Let's, let's hang a little bit. Let's hang. But, it, but it's crazy to me that God says to him, no, no, no. Get up. This encounter is for a purpose. This is not where I want you to stay. I'm doing something in you so that I can do something through you, but in order for me to do it through you, I need you to get up from where you are. Look at someone say, Get up. Get up. He says, get up. get up. It's time to, to be the church. soaking and soaking and soaking and soaking and so you're wet enough. It's time to get up and go and do something with what I've done in you. It's time for you to activate the work that I want to do through you. Say, get up. So, so, So Saul, Saul gets up and he's got no sight. Dude can't see. He went blind in that moment and he sends him to the city, and saw the rose from the ground, and with his, when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And there he was, three days without sight. He neither ate nor drank. I want to skip. But God spoke to a man named Ananias. And he said, "Ananias, I need you to get up as well." You read it, Ananias is praying and he says, get up, I've got something for you to do as well. I want you to reach out to this dude Saul and I want you to go and I want you to lay hands on him. That's what we just did. That he would receive his sight back, that God would give him a new vision. See, he caused him to go blind, he erased the old and and he said, I'm gonna give him a new vision and I want you to baptise him in the Holy Spirit because He's gonna need those two things in order for Him to do what I've called Him to do. And, and then he, he goes out, in, in fact, in verse 20, well, once all this happens, I know we're moving quick through it, but we don't have time, so roll with me. So, so, so they, they, they hang out and Ananias praise and, and Holy Spirit comes upon Him. And, and, and then it's funny because in verse 20, it says immediately He preached Christ in the synagogues. That He was the Son of God. Hang on, hang on. This is Saul. It says immediately. Say immediately. It doesn't say after Bible college. It doesn't say once he had done. Now listen, do next steps. But it doesn't say once he had done next steps. It doesn't say once he had gone to 10 services. It doesn't say once he knew all the Bible back to front and front to back. It doesn't say once he had gone and done a year up the mountain seeking God's face and that's great and do all that. But it says immediately, say immediately. Saul, who was our smoking Christians just before had a God encounter, now according to Scripture, he has got everything he needs to go and start to declare the goodness of God and start to actually make a difference in his world and in his workplace. Say, so get, get up! My wife the other week, she, she uh, the other week, the other month, I'm reading the text because I texted her during service to ask if I could say this story. I learned some things five years in being married. <laughs> and she said, yes, don't say names. <laughs> okay. My wife was, I was up in LA, she went up to LA. And, uh, and she was getting her hair, um, her hair done. I, I don't know what she does. Uh, you know, it comes back looking great, but I don't know what happens up there. All I know is it takes a whole day <laughs> and a lot of money. But praise Jesus, she looks good. So you just roll with that. And, and she was up there and, uh, and so she sits down in, in, the, uh, in, in the seat and she's talking with the lady. And, and so the lady says, you know, so what do you do? And, and she says, oh, we, uh, we pastor a church. And so this lady's like, what? Like, what, is, what do you mean? Like, like, you guys are like, she says, yeah. So, Caress my wife, and, and she just starts to talk with her. Now, now Caress my wife; she she's not like a um, you know, a platform. You know, she doesn't. You don't sort of see up here sort of speaking a lot, um, as much as she she's phenomenal at it. Uh, but she, you know, it's not something that she she typically would would call herself like a preacher or anything like that. But how many know that you don't have to be a preacher to actually preach? you, you don 't have to have a pulpit to declare the goodness of God, and so she she 's in this chair and, and she 's talking to the lady in the least just starts asking her questions she 's like, so you know I mean like what do you you, you know what like you believe the Bible and she 's like, "Yeah, we believe the bible and, and she says you 're married and, and it was interesting because Chris and my wife said early on in the conversation, this lady just says to her straight up she 's like so you don 't believe in sex before marriage." Chris is like, whoa, hey, so we're going there straight up. So, so she said, No. And she says, So you're married. So, so you didn't sleep with your husband before you got married? And she's like, No. She said, We waited. We we believe that it's something that God created. And he, hear me, I, I'm not here, I'm not saying this to make anybody feel guilt or condemnation because there's grace and the blood of Jesus covers it. But I'm just telling you the story. And so and that, that when the lady heard this, she was like, just dumbfounded. She's like, what do you mean? Like, you guys didn't try before you buy? Like, <laughs> some of you will get it later. And, and, and she's like, no, she said, you know, we, we, we believe the Word of God. But as, as Carissa just started to just, and, and Carissa ran me on the way home, and she's like, it was so weird because she said, When I said that to her, I thought that she would just be really like, Hey, that is just, that is so weird. But she was so, this hairdresser was so attracted because what she was doing was she was just speaking with a spirit of love. She was speaking the truth of God's word. And so this, this, this lady just started texting her and said, Listen, can I come? I, I would love to come and actually see. Your church is so. Chris is like, um, she's like, so what are you gonna preach? And, and I said, well, I'll, I'll try my best. But we, you know, I wasn't preaching, someone else was preaching and and she, and she this person came and, and I remember she came and she, she sat on the second row and she came into service and she hadn't been in service before and she hadn't been around church stuff before, but she came into service and during worship, while we were doing worship, tears started to stream down her face and she had this incredible encounter with God. But it happened not because a preacher was preaching from the pulpit, but because somebody made a decision that, they we're not going to stay where they are they are going to get up and actually do something with what God had done in their heart and actually actually share it I want to give you real quickly I want you to write these quick things down surrounding this 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 instruction from God on get up the first thing you have to have is you If you wanna live a life that is actively doing what God has called you to do, if you wanna live a life that is saying, I'm gonna get up, I'm not gonna stay down where I am as much as maybe for some of you, it's a good place. God is moving and and you love the Lord, but God is calling you to even more. Maybe the enemy, maybe you're in here tonight and the enemy has tried to beat you down. Maybe you're going through some challenges and you're facing some issues and some obstacles. I want to speak this word over your life as well, that it's time for you to get up. That The first thing that we need to have is we need to have a prayer life, not a prayer meeting. Prayer meetings are great and I love them. But I'm not talking about a prayer meeting, I'm talking about a prayer life. Not just a prayer language, prayer language is great too, but a prayer life. It's making a decision that we're gonna live a lifestyle of prayer. And the story of Samson, Samson, you know it, Samson, this dude screwed up bad, he, he had everything. He, had, he, was a, he was a leader, he had opportunities, he had victories, he was doing well. He had some momentum. He had been he had been establishing victory all around. He had been overcoming giants and defeating enemies all around him spiritual giant. He was taking some ground. But then he messed up. Samson In Judges chapter 16, we find the story of Samson where Samson, the Bible says that the Philistines came and they plucked his eyes out. And there Samson was, he was sitting down and he was down and out thinking that it was all over. But look at this, what happens here. Then Samson called to the Lord, I think it's verse 27 or, or 28. And Samson called to the Lord saying, "Oh Lord God, remember me. I pray. Lord God, no, not God remember me, I think. No, Lord God remember me, I pray, strengthen me. I pray just this once. That Samson, the enemy thought that he had defeated Samson and it was all over because he had beat him down. But God sent somebody, it was a little boy and something in his spirit stirred. And Samson said to this little boy, I want you to leave me. And Samson made a decision that while he had screwed up, while he had messed up, while he had seemingly lost it all, there was still enough time for him to not stay down, but for him to get up. And the Bible says that Samson, that Samson got up, something happened. Listen, something has to shift in your spirit. And Samson, he said, Lord, I pray. Listen, this prayer, not, this is not a prayer that typically in Scripture we look at as one of, the, one of the powerful Scriptures that speak to the strength of prayer and the power of prayer. But I wanna tell you, this prayer was powerful. It was simple, it was short. It was basic, but it was prayed from a heart of desperation that said, Lord, I pray, strengthen me. Give me the strength in my spirit to get up from where I am despite the mistakes I'm feeling and the guilt and the condemnation that's surrounding me, trying to keep me down. Lord, strengthen my spirit now so that I can get up again and not stay down this word when, when I'm speaking of, of get up, it's the interpretation it means to rise from laying down, to stand, to move, to raise again, up against something or against someone, to take your position. And I feel the Holy Spirit tonight wanting me to declare over each and every one of you is time for you to get up. It's time for youth. And this is how you will do it is through a powerful prayer life. And you've heard me say it, but you're always gonna continue to hear me say it. It is powerful when you pray. Don't wait till you feel it. You might at times wake in the morning and feel like giving up. But once you start praying, you'll feel like getting up because a powerful prayer life will start to build soul spirit it'll build your spirit you get up, you wake up in the morning you say, Lord I thank You for today I thank You that You're covering me I thank You God that You're with me I thank You that angels are surrounding me even though I feel like attacks are coming at me, Your Word says that while the enemy might come one way he's going to flee seven ways and I thank You Lord that my steps are ordered by You. Lord that every single step I'm going to take today, is has got purpose God I thank You Lord God that You said to Joshua, everywhere You set Your foot. I'm going to give it to You. God, I thank You that there are victories in front of me. God, I thank You that You're faithful. God, I thank You that You've been good to me, even when I didn't deserve it. You've been good, Lord, and You were faithful yesterday. You're going to be faithful today. And again, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be serving a faithful God once again. And I thank You for that, Lord. I thank You, Lord God, for the blood of Jesus. Lord God, that it's like a hedge that surrounds me. Like Job said, oh, the Job that there was a hedge that the enemy couldn't get through. I thank You for that. I thank You for that blood. Look, God, that already has paid the price. God, I thank You that I don't have to strive for it. I don't have to earn it, but I receive it by the grace of God. Lord, You're too good to me. I can't help but give You praise. I can't help but lift up Your Name. I Lord, in my flesh, I feel like giving up. But now in the Spirit, I'm ready to get up. In Jesus Christ's Name. And God, I give You praise. It's, it's, see, 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 it made a difference, didn't it? It made a difference, didn't it? Because you, as you pray, you, you, you stir your Spirit. It picks your Spirit up. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. Yeah, pray without ceasing. He's living this lifestyle. Lord, I thank You. Lord, You're with me. You don't have to be weirdo about it and try and show everyone that you're praying. No one cares, just pray. Just pray. The Bible says about that. Don't, don't, don't go around like the, like the Pharisees parading yourself around. Just, just, just say, you know what, I'm just gonna pray. I'm just gonna pray. It'll get, you, you'll get up quicker than you thought you could when you make a decision to live a prayer life. You, you need a prayer life and you need a promise lived. A promise lived. It means not just see the, the Bible, the, the Word of God and the promises of God. We have to live the promises of God. How do we live what the Scripture says? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the Holy Spirit that strengthens me. It's, it's the grace of God, it empowers me. See, grace is not just about dealing with a broken past, it sets me up for a successful future. And it's the grace of God and it's the goodness of God. How, how do I get up? How do I make a decision to stand for the things of God? See, remember the story of the three Hebrew boys? Daniel chapter three, we know the story of the three Hebrew boys and the Bible says that everybody was, what were they doing? They were bowing down. But three Hebrew boys that had the Word of God inside. How did they not bow down? Because they made a decision. You know what? I'm not just gonna preach this thing. I'm not just gonna get it on little plaques and hang it on my wall. I'm not just gonna... Instagram it and, and Facebook it and Pinterest it and put little flowers around the picture like people actually look at it. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna make a decision that I'm gonna actually live it. How did How did three Hebrew boys in the middle of a society that was telling them to bow down, how did three Hebrew boys get up by the power of the Word of God and making a decision to say, oh, I'm gonna live it? I'm gonna live it. If you would get buried in this book and say, this is not just gonna be a promise that I speak, a promise that I write, a promise that I tell people about. It's gonna be a promise that I live. You'll get up. How young people do you save yourself for for, for the person that God has for you? You make that decision to say, I'm gonna live this Word. I'm gonna trust God knows what He's doing. God knows what He's doing. If I live this Word, I'm covered, I'm protected, I'm blessed and my marriage will be. I've got to live the Word of God. Everything else is changing. Society's failing, it's sliding, it's getting crazy. We have to have a church that knows what it is to live the Word of God and stand on the Word of God and say, yes, I wanna be relevant. Yes, I wanna connect. Yes, we're gonna make things cool, but we will always live and stand upon the Word of God. God said to Saul, He said to Saul, I want you to get up and I want you to go because I have assigned somebody, Ananias. You're not gonna do this on your own, but I'm gonna put some people around you. I'm gonna put people around you. It's foolishness to think we're gonna be able to get up on our own. You need people that you can lean upon. That's what He had. Have you got that? That's, that's what it means to be planted in the house of God. Safety, safety in a multitude of wise counsel. Safety, I get the right people around me when I feel like giving up, they won't let me. Remember, remember the story of the man in the pool of Bethesda? John chapter five and verse seven, Jesus rolls up. There's a pool that the Bible says that, that the angel would come and would stir the water. And there were sick people that would sit around and Jesus comes to the man of, Paul of Bethesda and says to him, what, you, wanna get, you wanna get well? In, in other words, it's like, why, why are you not making the most of this opportunity? And what did He say? He said, I don't have anybody to help pick me up. Why could He not get up? Because He had the wrong people around Him. If I was that dude, I would have got the most jacked looking dudes I could find. I would have got myself 10 Pastor Javons just to stand around me and say, you know what I need from you jokers? When that pool starts to move, I need each of you to pick up me and drag me over there because I cannot get there. He would have got there if he hadn't got the right people around him. You can't get up on your own. Who who, who you got? Do you have those people that you can text? Hey bro, pray for me. I'm in it, man. I'm in it. Will you pray for me? Not nosy gossip people that are just gonna tell everybody else your business, people that you can trust people that you, it's called discipleship. Dudes that are standing around you. Guys that are with you, not people that are gonna judge you. Let me tell you something. You can get, if you get in a church like this, you're gonna get surrounded by people that won't judge you. That you can walk in those doors on Sunday, feeling horrible, feeling down, feeling like you don't belong. And no one's gonna condemn you. No one's gonna hold you down. No one's gonna speak down. We're here to pick you up. That's what church needs to be. We've we, we, we got to have those people. That's what Samson had. He had a little boy. If you know the story, because he couldn't see. And he said to this little dude, hey bro, come here, listen. I need you to lead me. Because I don't have much strength right now. But if you'll lead me to where I need to be, and the Bible says, if you put, He says, put, put my hands On each of these pillars, and we're going to do this thing one last time. the Bible says that Samson had the greatest victory that he ever had in his life. He defeated more Philistines in that moment when the enemy was trying to cause him to give up. But the Spirit of God said to him, it's time for you to not give up, but it's time for you to get up. He had the greatest victory that he'd ever have in his whole entire life. I can go on. This is a pattern through Scripture. Elijah. Elijah, bro, this dude smoked 450 pro on top of the mountain. You know that story? Then, then Jezebel, this chick comes after him. She writes him this letter. Says, I'm after you, bro. And it, and it, and it, and it struck something. And the Bible says that Elijah... He ran and he sat under a tree and the Bible says that he prayed that he would die. He's sitting under a tree, not doing what God had called him to do. He had given up. But it wasn't over. I feel like telling somebody it's not over. It might be bad, but it's not over. It might be hard, but it's not over. It's not you still got time on the clock. Don't give up. It's time for you to get up. Because God sent an angel. The Bible says the angel came. The angel said to Elijah, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, hey, get up. Get up. Some of you listen. I want to tell you and I'm going to close this sermon. Get up. Some of you are down in negative thinking, bickering and whinging and whining and you've been sitting in church too long and you're doing nothing and all you do is just come to church and we get fat in the Spirit. Feed me, feed me. How much food do you want before you start making a difference? It's time for you to get up and say, God's done something in my life. I cannot keep it to myself anymore. It's time for me to not just go to church but to be the church. Say, get up. You're passing people. We're passing people every day. Every day. They're in your workplace. They're in your high school. They're making your Starbucks. You're making your coffee. They're waiting your tables. We walk past them. When will we make a decision to say, I'm not, I'm not just gonna lay down as a Christian anymore in my fear, worried about what people are gonna think. Well, I don't want them. You're more worried about what they think of you than you are about where they're gonna eternity. It's time for us to make a decision to say, I'm done with being worried about this anymore. It's time for us to start to be the church and to get out from where we are and start to make a difference in this world right here, right now in Orange County for such a time as this. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.